0: Hey podcast listener, we're trying something new out today, releasing this bonus content with an idea that literally came from a text message conversation I had with one of our listeners. A friend and former colleague did what many of you are doing, which is sharing your feedback positively, negatively, critiquing, any kind of feedback is welcome. But this listener sent me a text and basically shared how an episode affected her. And I got to thinking, got to noodling, maybe this could be part of the podcast. I wonder if there's a way through maybe not a full official episode that we could do these occasionally where we just share some extra content, kind of a little behind the scenes conversation of how an episode that I assume you've listened to had an effect on one of our listeners. And so, first, I just want to encourage you guys, keep doing what you're doing, sending me feedback, positive, and different. Send those over to me in comments, or you can always email them at culturedchristians at gmail.com. But I also want to speak secondly to those of you who, after hearing this today, you're thinking about how, yeah, there was one particular episode that still stands out. Maybe it caused you to think a little differently. Maybe it challenged some of the things that you were thinking. Or maybe you're kind of thinking still differently than I do on a particular issue. I'm not interested in getting on in a debate on these, but maybe a different side of the story, a different perspective in a conversation like this would be healthy. So if you're interested on being one of these, kind of this bonus content, Again, just send me an email at culturedchristians at gmail.com and we can chat, send over your story, share with me how an episode affected you and maybe we'll make something work out. But hey, first things first, we got to get this first one out. We're trying it after all. We'll see how it goes. Either way, thanks for tuning in. All right, well, I have our episode effect first time uh, interviewee we'll call her her name is Kathleen Campbell and she is on the line how are you doing
1: I am doing great in my house this evening Curtin how have you been
0: I'm doing okay now Kathleen is a friend and former colleague we used to work together at a church in the past and uh, love to give kind of like just the titles what are your titles there so I came up with four and you can add some to this because you're more than just four titles but you are a mom Kathleen's a mom of five wonderful kids and I did remember their names I always like impressing moms I didn't go to your Facebook I remembered Oh, okay. good. Yeah. So we got Brandon, Noah, Jordan, Seth, and Lily. Is that, that's correct, right? Without cheating. um, So she's got a a full house there. So you're a mom, you're also a pastor, a coach, and a deep thinker. Is that uh, sum you up pretty well? What would you add to those titles, those hats you wear?
1: Yeah, no, I like those titles uh, fairly well. Um, Yeah, and I love to live in community. So um, that's the only struggle I've had during this whole time in the last eight weeks or so. But that's just just Listen, love
0: to be part you of got that. you got far more community in that house than I do in mine. Living as a single guy in this quarantine is a whole nother level of struggle. But you've I got have. you got five in there, you got a husband, you got animals. How many animals you got now in that house?
1: Well, uh, we have the couple dogs. We have a cat. I gained some fish from the office, from the school office because, you know, we had to come home. And then I just added some chickens actually.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. We got six chickens. So.
0: Okay. Now I'm not, yeah. I'm guessing those aren't pets though, right? Those are like food well. food source.
1: Yes, they will hopefully (laughs) give us eggs. But, um, you know, four out of the six are already named. So maybe a little pet-like. I mean, I go and I make sure that I'm interacting with them every day. You know, I'm like, sometimes when your kids don't listen, your chickens do. So (laughs) there
0: you go. I've never never owned a chicken, but I have eaten a fair amount just even in the last few days. So thank God for chicken.
1: Yeah, Um, agreed.
0: So yeah, so you and I, uh, I, first, thank you for being a listener. Thanks for being part of the podcast. That means the world to me. And um, thanks for kind of this whole concept of an episode effect came out of our text conversation and just your feedback that you gave me uh, listening to episode two. And so of the 10 episodes, we have 10 episodes up now. I'm very proud of that. And I would say that this episode probably is second, maybe, yeah, second or first when it comes to the most feedback that I've got from a particular episode. And so I think there's a a fair amount of reasons for that. But for those of you who haven't listened, maybe you're coming in late to the podcast and you've listened to 9, 10, and now 11 or 12 or whatever. But episode two was called The Messy Middle. And that was kind of the the featured topic, if you will, of the episode. And so Kathleen, you said that that particular episode had an effect on you and and caused you to think, you know, for a while about it. And so just kind of diving in from 30,000 foot, you know, talk with me how the episode affected you. Well,
1: it was interesting because, um, I I mean, I always thought we've had just great conversations through the time we've known each other. And um, I have always said about you that you're one that was always willing to have the tough conversations. And I never really had a name for it, Um, Mm. but we could have that conversation and we could respect what each other would have to say to, you know, about whatever subject it was. And I always felt afterwards that we were both better because of it. And I thought, man, I just, I, I wish more people would, you know, do that. And that was however many years ago. Right. I mean, at this point, it's probably eight. Yeah. So it's seems been a while. Like, in
0: some ways it seems like just yesterday we were there <laughs> debating <laughs> the, and arguing and conversating over different things, but yeah, it, it has been a while.
1: Yeah. And so it was in that, that has always intrigued me. Um, and, and always felt like it was a lost art and, I want the, like, I like the free thinking. I like the, um, not necessarily the, the, the aggressive, you know, whatever, but I love the exchange of ideas just from the different viewpoints. And so um, when I was listening to your podcast, I thought, oh, it's finally, you know, like that's a great descriptive word for that place that I want, you know, and I'm trying to teach my kids the same thing. So it's, you know, have the hard conversation, but that, that gives it such a, I guess messy middle probably does too, but it gives it a little bit of a description where people are like, Oh, I don't want to have a hard conversation. I want Mm. the one that makes me feel good or light or, you know, it, it should be easy. And, you know, if we're friends, we should always agree. And if Mm. we're not, then, and I just don't ever think that it's that easy. I mean, I think if you look at any friendship, if you look at any family relationship, if you look at any even co coworker relationship, you know, there's always that space where you're not going to agree.
0: Hmm. And, and aren't, so, aren't those some of the best relationships, uh-huh. right? I mean, I think of... People talking about being married, and we won't we won't get into your marriage because you know Kevin <laughs> Kevin may listen to this, but right. but I've heard people say you know there's different concepts of like do you marry your opposite or do you marry your best friend, and and the concept of marrying your opposite is that well life will be would be really boring to be married to yourself. Like, don't you want to be in relationship with someone who thinks differently, who gives you kind of a different perspective on life every day that you wake up. It's like, not again, fighting with a person, but it's like, Hey, here's a different perspective. You're not thinking this way, Kathleen. I'm thinking this way, you know? And I just think that I can think of many friendships, kind of what you were saying of our relationship that that, it's far more interesting to be in relationship with people who don't think the same way you do politically or relationally, or, you know, I have friends who are health nuts and I'm always the first one to throw like just a crazy grenade into the health discussions. Cause I, it makes <laughs> me feel better about eating at McDonald's or whatever that, you know, they're over there saying I eat kale all day, every day. And I'm like, kale's disgusting. Right. So, um, anyways, I think that, that makes relationships more interesting, but I also look back over the course of my life, and yeah, I feel like those were the people, the people who challenged me to think differently are the ones I respect far more than the ones who just fell in line and kind of just did whatever I did or expected me to, you know, follow whatever lifestyle and thought process that they did.
1: Right, and, and for me personally, my, my, my struggle, like just growing up, um, kind of falls under this idea of just expectations and what were the expectations placed on me as, you know, as a daughter, as, as a student, as a um, sibling, right? So I have a couple brothers, and I would and I could very easily change into whoever they needed me to be. Mm. But I always kind of um, in that space, in in that space where there was no conflict, because if there wasn't, if there's no conflict, then we don't have to address it, and we don't have to talk about it, and we can pretend it's not there. And um, and and this is not to say I had a bad childhood or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that those expectations were just part of growing up. Um, and it's in it's in that space where I was always. You know, wondering when am I going to be able to think for myself? when am I going to be able to have my own opinion? When am I going to be able to be who I want to be and not who everyone else wants me to be so it's always when I look back, I can see how um, where I, you say it 's the messy middle, but it's really just getting to know who you are, what you believe, why you believe, and being mm-hmm. open to that to the other person having that same Revelation, or that same growth point, or that same—you know—I want to know more. So let's talk about. You're looking at it this way, and I'm looking at it this way, and so how do we meet in the middle, and what does that look like? And it was, um, to be honest, um, about when I turned 30, I really was just done pleasing and and kind of meeting everyone else's expectations. So I opened my Bible, um, thank goodness, and was like, all right, God, you know, who am I supposed to be? Because I keep trying to be this person and this person and this person. It's not working. And what does that look like? And it's then when he gave me that voice of like, here I am and here you are. And so it's in that where I'm like, okay, I can be confident in who I am and I can go into a conversation where I don't agree and just start asking questions, right? Because that's how I did it with God. You know, well, what about this? And what about that? And stand up for the things that you truly believe in and then be open to the things that maybe are new to you, are a new idea. And I think it's, you know, just maybe fear sometimes that really, mm. you know, like that scares people, you know, right. like, oh my goodness, if, if I do that, then people are going to think this about me. And, you know, to be in that space where you're like, if I do that, it's because this is what I need to do, or this is what I believe, and it's okay if someone thinks that about me, you know. And yeah. so it becomes a safe place to have a messy middle, because you know you're going to come out the other side, learning, growing, and understanding that you know not everyone is the same. Yeah, so it's. No, um, I love
0: what I love what you said there about question asking questions because what I I wrote down as you were sharing is that questions questions lead us to who we are and i feel like the reason why a lot of people are in an extreme again the you know we're in an election year i've said it a few times right. on the podcast you know it's like red or blue right or left like we're forced to think in two different ways and i'm going to i'm going to venture to say a lot of people i think fake it meaning they don't really know what they believe. They don't really know policies, or you know what even candidates stand for. They just find it easier. Again, it's the idea that either extreme is really easy to just fall in line with whatever Fox News says or CNN says. Those are kind of the two pole opposites, right? Right, right. But right. you're but you're saying what I just heard you say is when you come in with curiosity and you genuinely ask questions without an agenda, so you're not poking. Too to get them mad or like prove them wrong. But you genuinely are saying, hey, I want to learn. Why do you believe what you believe? Why are you on this side of this, this issue or this party? And it's through those questions that, like you said, you're holding up a mirror and you're starting to say, ah, this is who I am. This is why... I think this way versus thinking another way and to back to what you started this whole conversation with that is a lost art in our culture people aren't doing that and haven't done that for what would you say a decade two decades like this didn't just happen in 2016 it's been it's been bubbling for a while where people are in their echo chambers and they don't really care it seems to want to have dialogue with people who aren't like them
1: right and and i wouldn't venture as Far, but it is again, it's a question I have that's just rolling around in my head. But it does make me wonder how much the like social media has come into play, where
0: mm-hmm.
1: w- right, it just kind of mutes our time to figure it out on ourselves, you know, like by ourselves on our own. Yeah, where we'll go to social media and see, well, that's where my news is coming from, or that's where you know, instead of kind of doing our own research and you know, yeah. what is it and, and can I sit with it? So, I you know. That's what's been great about you know the the time that we've had been at home. I'm like, been able to show even my, my kids. I'm like, look at, this is why we need time to rest, right? To process, to think through um, what we believe, who we are. Why do we believe those things? You know, um, where are we going to go from here? What things do you want to keep about yourself? What time, you know, what do you want to be like? It's not really a priority for me anymore. Um, but it's that that time that we've lost, mm. and so maybe may, maybe a little bit of having a phone connected to us all the time I don't know i I, I have no answer on that. I just have a bunch of yeah. ideas again that well, are swarming
0: Well, I was talking with my nieces on a hike yesterday, and you you alluded to this in a prep one of our previous conversations leading up to this talk today about a situation you had on Facebook. And I'll let you speak about that in a second, but it was just the conversation I had literally just yesterday with my nieces um, about how social media, like you're saying is news today. And the key thing that teens need to be aware of, which they often aren't told or made aware of early enough is that those platforms are literally designed their algorithm, the computer behind them is designed to show them only what they want to see or what they already have given the computer. You know, I like these political, uh, um interviews or what do you call them articles and so if you like you know 10 articles from this news source well guess what you're going to see a lot more of that news source and the same thing with the people you might be friends with four i'm like i don't know 400 600 people i always delete people you know each year it's kind of a habit that i do i'm like i haven't seen you in a while but let's say you know you have 500 friends on facebook you know if, if you're liking only like a 100 of that 500 posts, then you're literally not seeing what 400 other people are sharing because that's what Facebook has set up the system. So you're friends right. on Facebook, but unless you're liking their stuff, over time they fall to the bottom. You're never seeing what they're saying. So it's, again, this... Weird. You know, I think more for us as adults, it's Facebook. But the younger generations, it's you know Snapchat now, TikTok, all these things. But it still goes to this idea of groupthink, right? Like everybody in the world yeah. thinks this way, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Only a hundred of my friends think this way. There's four hundred that I'm not even seeing. So, yeah. you you shared you had kind of a a story from from Facebook. What what was that?
1: I did, and it's a, it's totally made me think i'm like here's the messy middle and and um i know better (laughs) than to um put out my opinion you know very strongly worded or anything like that so um i saw it was a friend of my mom's and so she worked with her and um she had posted about the and this is not political it's just this is what happened she had posted about the rally the first rally that they had out um in Lansing and she was just really really like it made me sad when I read her post because she was so aggressive and angry and had a lot of name calling and
0: Mm.
1: and and so it it was sad to me so i just responded you know and i was like look um i'm 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 sorry i can feel this this heartfelt emotion that you have in this post um but you know can we just take a second and kind of see the other side All Right? that's kind of what i'm known for as you know like, <laughs> like 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 what about the people who are trying to feed their families what about the people yeah. who want to go back to work you know, what about those people? I'm like, there's gotta be a balance here. And, um, you know, I, I can understand and I feel, you know, sad and bad for all the people who have, um, the illness, the virus, the, all that stuff that's going on and and for the nurses and the medical staff that have to take care of it. But the other, there is another side. That's not the only thing, right? As we know, there's always two sides. And, um, so I had kind of put that out there and she immediately responded and uh it it was um it was an attack because you know I was like I just don't think name calling that was my other thing. I'm like, I'm just not sure that name calling, you know, is really what you want to be doing. And um she's like, Well, it's because they are and, and again, just real aggressive and um and what do you think about that kind of was the response. But you know, and and I thought, well, I'm not doing this on, you know, I'm not doing this this on Facebook, right? So I was like, well, I I'm I'm just really sorry. Um, you know, that you're you're just choosing to look at one side of it. I was just just trying to show you the other side. Mm. And um, <laughs> so she she unfriended me, she blocked me, she right. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is my mom's friend, right? So then right. I I was that so I, I called my mom and I said you know gosh mom I I put this thing on Facebook and I wasn't trying to start anything but regardless this is how it ended this was a thing and and I said will you just please read it and um you know if I overstepped I will I will reach out to her I will make it right And so my mom read it and she's like, I don't think you overstepped at all. You were just, you know, you were actually being, trying to be kind, you know, because she was so, it was just an an ugly space for her. And I hadn't seen that in her before. It was Hmm. emotional, right? So it was obviously tied to some emotion. Um, So needless to say, not two minutes after that, she actually blocked my mom too and unfriended her. Oh. I know. And so I just, to me that's that's the messy middle like there's a different outcome that could have happened there um yeah but it and it's it's so sad it's so sad Kurt. i'm like oh, yeah
0: that wasn't it wasn't my sad t- and i i think it's just again a real life example of you know so many people's experiences because you you try to engage with someone, someone you, you know, I, th- I think the closer we are in relationship and this, you know, obviously some families are split and there's all sorts of baggage and families, but I would say regardless of blood, you know, the closer you are relationally to someone, the more that you can challenge each other. Like if you and I, I can't think of a time recently, but if you and I got into it on Facebook, right, that wouldn't have, it wouldn't go to the level of one of us deleting the other and yeah. just like screw you I'm out of here kind of thing you know no. it may lead it may lead into a phone conversation but it wouldn't have gone to unfriending and so right I think that that's what's again we're talking about social media and how that is a unique thing in our culture that we're having these debates, these discussions where you're trying to wade into a civil, you know, you're not name calling her. You're not on this side saying, you're an idiot for thinking that you're trying to enter what's called discourse and have a discussion. And she chose not to, but beyond not choosing, she canceled the relationship, like (laughs) shut the door in your face. Like that communicates. And your mother, who's like an innocent bystander. She just had you, you know? Yeah. She's, she's a mama bear here who had a kid. Um, right. But sadly, I feel like that happens, like it happened to me recently. And I won't get into that discussion. But all that I'll say is the point that I made after I was unfriended, somebody unfriended me, is I said, you know, it's really a bummer. And I'm, I'm not bummed personally. I'm bummed because I not only now not have that communication to them, but I also don't see their posts, you know, that's the thing that's unique about Facebook friendships is if you're friends, you see their stuff. So if you're, you know, if you're on this side of the political spectrum, I find value again in being friends with people who are on the other side so that when they do post things, I'm reading it. So, I do. I
1: want to read it. I want to exactly. know exactly.
0: And so, right? if those people unfriend you, it's actually not good in their best interest because they're no longer sharing. You're no longer seeing what they're sharing. It shuts down. It shuts the door to any level of discourse. But
1: yeah. Well, it made me think too. You know, because I, I thought I've only ever um, unfriended one person, and I, and again, looking back, it was totally tied to an emotion, right? So someone, I was, I was, um, in this, it's whatever. It was a picture of one of my boys and you know, they're both in the, um, guard, the air force, Mm -hmm. but I had said something how proud I was. And I don't know if it was when Brandon was over in Afghanistan, um, which is probably, was probably what it was. Um, but someone had said something and I took it, um, as just a dig towards a choice that my kid made, you know, like here I'm trying to be proud of him and yeah. you're saying something and it was political. And I really had to sit and assess. Cause I mean, it was an instant done deal. I'm like, okay, I'm done being friends with you. Feel like you attacked my kid. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, we were just neighbors growing up. So I don't feel like I'm losing anything, but you don't, it was, t- it was a mama bear and it was, it was an emotional mm. And so I, that's what I was trying to think of, you know, like when, when we do things like unfriend someone or name call, right? I think it's gotta be tied to an emotion. So, which made me think, why is this messy middle so hard? It's because, um, you know, there's emotions tied to it. And instead of, instead of dealing with the emotions, You know, like, okay, I am going to be upset or this is a touchy thing. And, and, you know, are we so afraid to be vulnerable about maybe our weakness, maybe things that upset us, maybe things that hurt us? I don't, that's just kind of where I, that's where I landed after I was just processing it all. And I thought it's really, it's the messy middle is messy, right? But when you come out of it, you come out of it so much stronger. And I just, I've, every, every conversation that I've had, whether um, it's, you know, it, there's always emotion in it. Even, even the one that w- I remember talking to, you, I was in a parking lot and I think it probably lasted two hours. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, dang it, I am so glad that I just spent those two hours with him. You know, and I'm like, I feel like I know him better. I know his side of the situation. I know where he's coming from. I know his battle. I know what he, you know, like I know more of his heart. Like there was nothing, there was nothing negative that came out of that for me. Because I'm like, I'd go to battle with him, right? Not against him. I'd go to battle with him. And, And I don't know if people are afraid to be in that messy middle because they think it's a battle that they don't come out stronger from, or it's, it's, I, it, it intrigues me. I mean, to this day, just the whole, the whole messy middle, um, the fact that I, that, you know, I'm like, oh, it's a messy middle. We, we can, we can do this, you know. I'm like, oh, but even my kids were, especially my girls, because um, I'm, I'm very in tune. I want to make sure that they always have a voice. You know, and that, um, that voice is always heard. My boys, too. But for me, it was, it was an easier, probably, conversation for the girls. But um, I was telling them about this time we were going to have tonight. And Jordan specifically says, ooh, mom, you love those kind of conversations. This is going to be <laughs> perfect for you. <laughs> but he said, I just think it makes us better humans and better together humans you know to be able to navigate our feelings you know have a little uh, be okay being vulnerable it's you're I, I don't know it makes me feel like after every messy middle conversation I'm not standing there alone anymore I'm standing you know locked arm in arm with someone because we are now a team and you know so the more those more conversations you have you're just building this stronger community and of people who I don't know you can grow together with right and then you're and truly be better together
0: Mm. yeah that was my (laughs) process yeah as you're sharing I'm thinking like I'm I'm over here I wrote down the the note uh, is emotionally is it a prerequisite to to go down the messy middle is it prerequisite that you're emotionally healthy I think you know when we when you talk about some of these examples of you know people name calling people getting emotional, people lashing out, which you admit you did yourself, I can you know it's, right. it's not us them we are all in that at times we right, get emotional, right. but is there would you say maybe a certain level culturally that people just aren't today emotionally healthy, they haven't dealt with their junk, and so that lends itself for people to be tribal and to jump on whatever group of people you know hey i was born into this religion i was born into this political family i was born into you know this race whatever it is they jump in and find identity there and so of course i'm not going to go against the the color of my skin the people that i'm in the neighborhood with i'm not going to go against my family's strong-held catholic you know background Um, i think it's a very human um you could even say from god some there's an element of belonging there's an element of wanting to be in a group of people accepted and in a group and so i think that plays into it but i think the unhealthy side of that coin is where we're going is that people people will say and do things to each other on the internet it's this is the old cliche right you say right. and do things on the internet you would never do if you if you and that woman were in mire together I have a hard time thinking she would lash out and name call. Right. Like it's like the, you know, there's just certain things that we feel freer to do online that if we were in person and we saw humanity, we saw the person's face, the tear in their eye or the, you know, the expression on their face, we probably wouldn't say two thirds of the things that a lot of us say online.
1: Right. And I'm wondering too, um, because there's definitely emotions that are attached, um, you know, to those messy middle bits. I'm I'm wondering how much is um, just a self awareness. Like, I the more I learned about myself, and really this started, like I said, I was thirty. Um, the the more I learned about God, the more I learned about myself. And so for me, those two things um, kind of happened at the same time. Right? God was like you learn about me right and then you will learn about you and and that's kind of how it rolls for me and so i don't know um, it's an in, it's an interesting question actually i i i would i don't know if it's about unhealthy unhealthy emotions un, unresolved emotions um, or just being in a place where you know exactly who you are like i'm okay to list out what i'm good at what I'm not so good at, um, where I really need people to come around me when, you know, where my filters are, when I can put them in place, you know, I mean, it's it's been quite a 20-year a journey, really, just to kind of get to this space where I am super okay with who I am. Um, so I'm okay asking questions. I'm okay challenging someone's thought process. And, and I'm not going to be upset if they're upset with me because I'm yeah. going to trust that it's short term and that they're growing just like I'm growing, you know, right. and then we come back together and we're like, I'm cause I know even you spoke of marriage, but, um, even with Kevin and I, I think about who I was when we first got married to who I am now. Hmm. And a lot of that is from those messy middle conversations, you know, his filter, um, his first filter is like a financial filter which I desperately needed, mm. you know, and my first filter is our relational filter, which he desperately needed. So right. we have things that are alike, things that are different, but where I found my, my growth the most in our relationship is through those hard, sometimes very emotional conversations. But, but I always, you know, I, even if I walk away, um, I, I come back, okay, here's where I was wrong. Here's where, you know, I just really think you might need to think a little bit more about like, let's have more of a conversation because I'm not sure you understood what I was saying. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a thing. I mean, I have been known to talk in a way that people just don't understand. And I'm like, ah, how can I make that clearer? Like, (laughs) mm yeah. 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 So I don't know. It's good, but I, I would, I would rest more in the self-awareness I think than the unresolved emotion. Okay. But it could be, um, it's probably more likely a little bit of both, but again, that's just from my experience because I know when I unfriended that person, that was, that was a mama bear. I don't, I don't know that there was any unhealthy emotion other than I was in full out protection mode.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, and maybe, you know, again, I don't know how much you want to dig into this one particular example, but what I was thinking, you know, a healthier, more messy middle, you know, instead of going to the extreme of unfriending, you know, how, how could you have responded differently to that person? Maybe it would have been a private message to say, Hey, just so you know, that upset me, you know, this is mom to mom here, whatever, friend to friend this is how i heard what you were saying and it 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 upset me and then that gives that person the ability to either reframe it and say oh no no kathleen that's not at all what i was saying i apologize i'll delete the comment or whatever you know like giving Mm -hmm. this person the opportunity like you rob that's what i'm hearing when when we unfriend somebody or for me in youth ministry you know it was the old um you'd sit down with the pastor and the pastor would say, you know, so-and-so left the church because of you. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like they never, they never right. talked to me, you know, right. like right. that was that was the most sinking, hurtful thing because I'm like, well, if we could have had a conversation, maybe we could have worked it out or at least I could have improved. Uh, you robbed me of the ability to grow there. And right. so I think and a maybe lot of times even
1: family. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. It could have been that they were dealing with some unresolved issues, and it yeah. you were just escape. I mean, it could go a whole bunch of different ways. But I agree. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
0: No, no. I think I think it's just a lot of what we're saying. We're saying in different mm-hmm. ways. I think that people, generally, us included, when we're stressed, and and in this season of quarantine, right? Like people. People are stressed, people have uncertainty. And I think we're all below the waterline is the term I've used a few times in this with people. We're all below the waterline. And so when we have the opportunity to avoid another emotional conversation or avoid a potential landmine, we take it, right? Like we kind of just say, oh, that person, if I said that it's gonna, you know? blow up and so I understand the sentiment sometimes of wanting to uh, avoid that but I think our if we if we do that too much then we go down the road of becoming fake we go down the road of becoming you know we're just lockstep in with whatever side of you know an issue or a party or whatever and we're just not growing we're we're better people i think when we do those again we said listening listening asking questions leaning into people who are different that's the only way that we improve personally and as a culture is if we go to those you know h- tough conversations and i think that was kind of the the heart of what we were trying to say in that episode
1: yeah absolutely it it's just it was so it was so good it's still every time there's something that comes up and especially this you know this facebook thing and and um i actually probably looking back just just listening to what you were just saying i probably should not have responded on her wall i probably should have sent a private message saying it totally sounds like you're hurting you know mm-hmm. do you want to talk about it and um Maybe and, and again, that's that's right where I don't know if I didn't know her well enough because again, she was my mom's friend, you know. So yeah, would that have been better? Probably, you know. So I I own that part of social interaction on, you know, Facebook or well, this happened to be Facebook, and but it it totally makes me sad. Now, am I going to leave it there? Absolutely not. I will reach out to her because. I, I feel horrible, but I feel I feel more bad because I'm like, well, now it affects my mom as well. And, yeah. you know, I, I have to own my part in that. I didn't have to respond at all. I don't, you know, I just, it was probably my own touchiness and being in, <laughs> stuck inside. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, man, just let's look at the other side. Let's look at the yeah. other side. But the extremes just don't really give any room for um, for independent thought is is right. is kind of where I'm at, you know I'm like oh you you can't say you're all this or all that i I just I don't know, you know, I've been trying really hard. you were talking about nutrition, I've been trying really hard. I'm supposed to be eating paleo um I have an autoimmune disease, right? So there are certain things and I shouldn't have gluten and I shouldn't have dairy and I shouldn't, and all this, you know, list of things. And, and, um, and I struggle and I can't, I can't even live in that. I do it a hundred percent. And I always feel like a failure, but I'm like, I don't, I, that to me is, is a mindset thinking, right? I don't need to be, I mean I need to I need to be healthy. Right. But I don't need to be at the extreme. So extremes for me are just I don't know they just they just don't seem to to work well, to work well.
0: Well, to me, you sound like a human talking over there because I think everybody, you know, we can all fake it. We can watch the highlight reels of the guy at CrossFit on our Instagram or whoever, but yeah. I can tell you from all my close relationships, everybody struggles with the weight going up, the weight going down. Mm-hmm. The, I cheated with this meal. I cheated with that. You know, there, there really is no perfect person when it comes to nutrition and so that's what I hear when you're sharing I'm like of course Kathleen you're not perfect because nobody is freaking perfect with it I mean some Mm -hmm. obviously you know if you're in your 40s and you have a six-pack I mean good lord you're you're working eight days a week on the at the gym (laughs) it's like the learning you know the the intensity that you have to put into being that physique at 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 a older age is just, un I would say, unrealistic and unfair. You're robbing somebody in that situation. But um, it is is—it is a mantra, I would say. that That's the term I would use. I think I've heard you say that, too, in a different way. That, you know, for me, when I find myself... Here's the other way of saying it. We haven't said it at all in this discussion. Is the other way of saying the messy middle is avoiding black and white. You know, that... Black and white thinking is what that original counselor and I were talking about. She noticed that I had a way of thinking either this way or that way. There was no gray. And so that was a constant conversation was you're looking at it this way. What would it be like to shade it a little bit more gray? What would it be like to pull it back into the middle to dial it in a little bit? And so for me, you know, this is, you know, probably 20, 15, 20 years later from that conversation. I still, when I find myself going in an extreme direction, a little voice often will kick in, not every time, but a lot of times. And we'll just say, Hey, what's, what's the middle path here? What would it look like for you to dial back the intensity a little bit, pull it back? Um, And that's, again, I think whenever I do follow that path. It's harder, and that's why we usually avoid it. But on the other side of it is the reward. On the other side of it is um, a better, more well-rounded person um, than if I had just stayed in lockstep with whatever extreme kind of thinking. Because there's a lot of lonely... I think of a few people in my life right now. Well, I won't say, but there's a lot of lonely people who are right all the time. There's a lot of lonely people in this world who... are good at arguing their point, man. They've got it all lined up, but they are unfriended daily and they are sitting alone because no one wants to be around them, you know? So I think that that's, you know, again, if the point of life, if we agree that the point of life is relational, that God intended for us to be in community, whatever that looks like for you, family, friends, neighborhood, church, Um, all of
1: the above.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All of those things. Then we have to find a way to go down the messy middle because you can't be in community. It's, it's a prerequisite for community. Is it not that we would at times give each other grace to be wrong, to have a different uh, opinion? Um, you know, the verse that just keeps coming up as we're, we're talking is, you know, God gives grace to the humble and opposes the proud. Grace to oh, yeah. the humble and opposes totally. the proud. And how often I feel like we're we're being prideful. We're being proud when we mm-hmm. take extremes. It's It's not about that we even did our homework or did our math and we came to our position wisely. It's just we're being proud. Like, that's what yeah. I believe and you should too. Blah, you know? And it's like... Yeah. Our math teachers, that's why when you're in math class, right, the upper levels, they say, show me, what do they say? Show me your math or show me your work, right? You don't just give the answer. Yes,
1: yes, you have to
0: show. You have to show how you got there, right? And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what this discussion on Messy middle is like. God intends for us to do the work, to go on the journey, to show the math, like not just arrive at the answer. Like, here's the answer. I believe this. I'm in this party. I think this way. I'm this pro this. Yes. And I agree
1: completely a hundred percent with everything, you know, and I'm thinking that's not even realistic, right? No, there's never one person that you will ever Agree with a hundred percent. I just, I, I mean, that's what makes us so unique. But the yeah. the struggle though has been real. I mean, it's it's not something I haven't always done the messy middle or the hard conversation. I mean, I I um, remember someone told me once I was really, really, really struggling because um, I just really thought I was right about something, and it had to do with Brandon. And it um, and usually did because we are alike in that way, in that one way mm. where, you know, and, and we're going to argue it. But someone said to me, at some point, you know, is it more important to be right or is it more important to be loving? And so I have to ask myself that all the time. Am I just needing to be right
0: mm.
1: or can I be loving? you know yeah. and sometimes even if you're right being loving has to be more important and and so but again it's it's a battle right because we all struggle with that that idea of being prideful and you know I want to be right I want to be heard I want I want people to know that I am smart or I am a good mom or I am a good coworker yeah. or I'm a good right so you have this whole list of things you want to be so good at um, but at the end of the day, if, if I can look back and say, okay, regardless of how many times I was right, I chose to be loving more often then I feel like the, the battle for that day was won. And, you know, and that all happens in that messy middle. Cause yeah. you know, again, I, I, it's, it's just a, it, it was, it was profound. I mean, I, I, as soon as I listened to it. I took that and I took it to work and I um, had them listen to it and we talked about it. And, you know, a couple of days later, one of my coworkers came in and she's talking about it as well, you know, right. And she's like, I just kept thinking about, this is that messy metal and how am I going to navigate this? And, you know, what does that look like? And I thought, yeah, more people need to be asking, you know, what does it, what does it look like? What does it look like to be, loving and self-aware and, you know, okay with being vulnerable so that we can truly have the conversations that make us both better together, or if it's a group, you know, better together. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that, uh, again, that you're a listener, Kathleen. I mean, it's it's been really cool to see the pot, the range of the podcast me, obviously, cause it, you know, started with me, it started with my group of friends and former students. And so the age range is pretty, pretty vast. And just, you know, seeing single people and students and married people and former coworkers and just so many different perspectives coming in and just, I'm encouraged to hear how, you know, as a mom, you know, what I shared affected you like that's very, um, very profound and very uh, encourages me greatly to hear the way that that episode uh, affected you and so uh, why don't we end with this can i get maybe i don't know i'm putting you on the spot here but we've got to get you on for like an actual episode where you you come in with a topic yourself and you know it's not that this this wasn't an episode it's bonus content but it's like right. i just want to have I want to have you back on and and maybe go in go in a different direction, maybe talk about something fresh and new. Would you be up for that with uh with another conversation in the future?
1: Absolutely. As long as we can be in the same room together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you prefer that versus the uh The quarantine internet call.
1: Oh, as as much as I like talking to you, it's so much better to see you in person. You're like, "Ah, this is so much better.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It is a weird thing to do this in quarantine. But uh, Mm -hmm. hey, I appreciate your time tonight. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. That sounds great. Thanks, Kurt.